0: water in his veins. I couldn't think of a better place to end the street. It doesn't matter.
1: Welcome back to the Clemson podcast. In the wake of trash being thrown on the field, Tennessee is reviewing game security footage in the hopes of finding its next quarterback. Clemson managed to lose the time of possession battle to number forty-four Floyd Little, but they managed to win the game. Clemson is three and two, and life is good. Welcome back to the Clemson podcast, everyone. I'm your host Nick, joined tonight by Ben. This is our Syracuse recap show. Ben, Friday night games—not my favorite, but... I don't know. It's kind of good to mix it up here. And Saturday was somewhat stress-free considering the season we're having. How are you doing coming out of this weekend?
0: So it's, it's not that I like Friday night games, but it is kind of nice to have, you know, the Saturday off of your game when we've had those two Saturdays in a row. Now um, we just kind of get the kick back and relax and watch the rest of uh, the West rest of the games. You know, it's more taxing on me than a lot of people for sure, because I go to a bar um, for all of our games. Um but yeah, to have that extra day to recover on the weekend and just kick back and enjoy some football, enjoy some uh, Atlanta Braves baseball at 2 0 over the Dodgers and the NLCS. Yeah, it was, um, and a Clemson win. It was a good weekend.
1: I agree. And, you know, you and I watched the game together. Um, really, the first game we watched together where we could kind of sit there and talk through it um, while not at a, a loud bar with a ton of people running around. Been the first game in a while since we were able to do that. And, um, while certainly watching a 17 to 14 Clemson win that w- went down to the wire and required a missed field goal um, was not maybe the most relaxing game watching experience. Um, yeah. Like very good to get the win. I think we obviously spent you know time after that talking it through um, and during the game, but um, yeah, overall, like the weekend was somewhat chill after a Clemson win and seeing, you know, kind of more programs with the wheels falling off across the nation you know, made you feel at least a little bit better um, about about what's going on this year.
0: Yeah, it's crazy, you know, thinking about that, everything that's going on in college football uh, with all the parity. It has me wondering if, and, and I don't know, I haven't done the research, but one, one viewpoint of it would be, does a lot of these teams that are actually highly ranked right now, are they the teams that have kind of more of those, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth six-year guys, given that extra eligibility year with COVID, and um, you know they're just more experienced and gelled as teams, whereas you know the Clemson's, the Ohio State's, the Alabamas, even the Oregon's who um, get along a long, lot of young talent play them early. That those guys really missed out on some developmental stuff, um, and we're kind of seeing that um, you know affect their play right now. That's that's a that's a guess. If it was just Clemson that was crap this year and had such a high fall from, you know, from grace, then I probably wouldn't think that. But the fact that so many traditional, at least in the past, you know, five, 10 years or so top teams are dropping and all these other weird teams are (laughs) ascending to the top of the polls. Um, it makes you wonder. That's a
1: good theory. I think it's founded by data. You know, we know that those teams you mentioned were lowest in the country ranked in terms of returning production, snap counts, that kind of thing um, from guys coming back. So um, I have not kind of analyzed the current top 10 or anything against that metric, but um, I I think it's a good theory. Uh, Something that, you know, in this show, obviously we're going to get into what we learned from the Syracuse game um, kind of what we're what our larger outlook is for the rest of the season and just where Clemson is right now. I think we're going to get into all that. Um, But, you know, thinking about, this Clemson team and we've had some news updates come out the last couple of days that we'll touch on here. Um, yes, so much. We're, we're just focused on kind of lack of development and Clemson taking a big step backward, but they're even, you know, with turnover and not a lot of production returning, even those guys that we had penciled into the two deep. Um, if you look back to coming, you know, coming off of the last last season's end and the disappointment um, you still were like, okay, we've got, you know, a number of good guys in, in the two deep across the team. At this point of the season, Ben, you know, the number of guys that through injury or transfer out or, you know, I guess those two factors, you know, it's really a ton of turnover here. And um, I I do want to kind of maintain that perspective as we go into, you know, critiquing things like execution on the field or coaching or roster management. All those things are valid critiques and gripes that we have as fans. Uh, But let's think about all the guys that are not necessarily able to play and go on the field. Um, what has been revealed to me, at least this far, thus far is, um, not very many of these injuries or departures have really cost Clemson in a deep way. Um, I'm not talking about Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne cause we totally miss those guys. But I think in terms of the guys that we expected to have on the two deep this year, um, I wanted to ask you like, you know, across, you know, your knowledge or recollection of who all is injured that we were expecting, um, my number one guy that I think this team is missing right now is not someone that I think any of us imagine would be that important. Brandon Specter, slot receiver. You know, I feel like that guy's impact or potential impact on this team could be pretty great. Um, I think we'd obviously love to have Tyler Davis or Brze still playing, but their backups have definitely shown out and been able to kind of hold the line um, in their absence. And um, you know, there's many, many more guys that are injured, but I don't know for you, like who the, who the guy you miss the most really is at this stage.
0: Now that's a really good pick. You know, we haven't talked about Brandon, uh, you know, here for the last few weeks, but, uh, that's a good point, you know, experienced slot receiver. Um, we've seen him play before you move Justin Ross into that role, which he hasn't played prior to this season. I'm sure he's got, you know, cross trained there, but that's not his natural position. Um, Yeah, and then you have the other wide receivers start dropping like flies. I mean, you had both Collins out there getting significant playing time um, in this game against Syracuse. And, yeah, it maybe it's not just one guy here or there when you look and you're like, ah, Tyler Davis goes down. The defensive line is still good. Now Berset is out. Well, they still look good, but are they as dominant as they were before? Doubt it. Um, So it's really the kind of accumulation of everything. Um, you know, and you know, if, and if we, especially on offense, if you have all these guys back, we're we're still not going to be that much better. Like the issues on offense, um, just cut so much deeper than that. Right. It's so much more complex, you know, maybe if some of these offensive linemen that are injured for the year that Dabo talked about providing some depth, Taquan Johnson, um, but. You know, I'll have, to, I'll have to I'll believe that when I see it, when I see the, these guys playing, and come and get some playing time next year. But um, yeah, the Brandon inspector call I like. But yeah, overall as a team, it's it's bad enough that we're not that great on offense. But then you throw in all these injuries and, and the defense side of the ball, too. Like those count because those guys are getting worn down the more they have to be out on the field. Um, and when you're spelling them, you're spelling them with would be, you know, third teamers. So it all piles up. It makes a difference. And I guess maybe at least we get bit by the injury bug the year. We're also not that good on offense. So they both don't happen in separate years. Silver line. I'll
1: I'll take that. Let's stack them, I guess. Um, You know, I was going to say the other name you could throw out there is Mason Trotter at center. But he came back for this game, which is great to see uh, because, you know, he he was really purported to be the starting center for this team going into the Georgia game till he suffered, was it a broken wrist or some type of wrist injury um, or, you know, to his, to his snapping hand. And um, you know, that good to see him come back after a few weeks out um, just to have a capable center there. Um, So yeah, you know, I would say he's definitely lamented attrition, but um, anyway, there are going to be guys coming back. You are going to start to see some of the talent roll back into the team. Could be the specter comes back. I, I haven't, you know, checked in on a specific timeline, um shipley is likely going to return to practice this week doesn't necessarily mean he will travel to or play in the game against Pitt, but he'd be a welcome return i do think though in shipley's absence ben you have seen the likes of mafa and kobe pace get a lot more development time you know subsequent to that we saw lynn J. dixon transfer out or enter the portal so i liked what i've seen from pace and from mafa i guess we can you know, keep it, keep it on the offensive end here and bring it into the Syracuse game. Uh, Both of them continue to take stride, you know, make strides. I think in um, what I saw in this game was actually patience and kind of waiting for their moment, waiting for, you know, holes to open. I mean, neither of them had a a crazy, amazing statistical game in this one, but I would say, you know, continue to see positive signs from both of them as running backs. So I think getting Shipley back would make more of a difference in the passing game. Um, You know, uh, Phil Maffa got three catches in this one. Kobe Pace had one reception. Um, so maybe Maffa, I mean, he just continues to impress you with all that he can do on the field. And um, he had a long 15-yard catch, which was, which was impressive for him. So, um, but yeah, I mean, no 100-yard runners in this game, but um, you know, for Pace to average 5.4 uh, was still, still nice to see. And I think it's really just a matter of that offensive line gelling and in, in run blocking together. It's just been a revolving cast of characters made able to play um and was putting them out for this game ben i no, I know no, that... no
0: he started
1: oh right so Bachhorse actually moved back to left guard is that right in this game
0: um yeah but then tate i mean he played some i think he played both positions
1: okay so there's like a rotation going where Putnam would sit Bach horse move to right because Marcus Tate, Tate would be left guard
0: putting him play Tate was in there a good bit they both made some critical mistakes Bach had I think a false start that was pretty bad um Bach also played some center right um yeah he would have moved over I guess to center too um although I thought Trotter did well I mean he had that one bad snap would that came at a super critical time um and I guess we want to kind of peel it back here to like the 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 bigger view of this offense, you know, it, it gets harder. And it obviously gets harder for the coaches to come out every week and say, Oh, it's just one or two plays or one or two guys not doing their job. And this offense is about to explode. Blah, 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 blah. No, it's not. Okay. People. It's not, it's not going to explode. We're not going to see that. And we've talked a lot on here about making incremental progress. And I think you did see, I mean, despite the ugly 17 points on the scoreboard, um, I think you did see some positive things in this game. Um, they just get overshadowed by, by other stuff and some critical penalties. I mean, we, we've, we've had less penalties, although they're still coming at crucial times. Um, we won the time of possession by six minutes in this game. Uh, we were throwing more slants. We were running better up the middle. Um, we executed a, a two minute drill with the help of uh, the, you know, who should be the uh, starting quarterback on the team, Will Spires. Um We're getting yards on first down Davis Allen was heavily featured in the game. So, I mean, to me that, those are all points of improvement that, you know, we would like to build on and and we were running up the middle well against Boston college too. Um, So you've seen that now two games in a row and we just need to keep doing that. We need to go to it more often at the beginning of the game. um, You know, Kobe pace is running up the middle and the, you know, the, the, the offensive linemen just bulldoze forward and push people out of the way. But then we try to get, you know, cute with like uh, on a crucial like third and two. I can't remember it was with DJ. And we do this quarterback power play and the linemen are pulling all over the place. And we only need like two yards. Just go forward, play football. You know, I don't know what all this pulling of our our linemen is doing when they don't know where to hardly know where to go in the first place.
1: Agreed. It's a little bit too, I mean, we talked about it you know, I forget after which game, perhaps it was NC state um, too much complexity, too much complexity for an offensive line that is still trying to gel together. Uh, I don't know, like draw, draw it up a bit more simple, like simplify that part of the offense, at least.
0: And can we, can um, we make a, a delineation here between the complexity? Cause you'll also hear, uh, and, and you'll hear ourselves uh, complaining. There's not a lot of complexity with the route running. Uh, with the wide receivers and pre-snap motion. And so those are two different things, right? The complexity with what the, the offensive linemen are having to do um, on a third and two play, you know, versus, you know, the other stuff that's going on with the wide receivers in the routes. Well, the margin
1: um, of error is just so much greater on the O-line, like at that point of attack. Yeah. And so that's why, like, slight missed assignments or, you know, a quarter of a second here, you know, an extra six inches there to, you know, creating a gap from your partner on the line that's enough room for these defensive tackles to get through and bro- bust up a play or, you know, hit TJ in the thigh. And that, that, that ends your third and two. And so version. another,
0: another example of that um, on the, on the first touchdown drive there that we had, which was, this happened a couple times, we've had a few drives like this that were heavily aided by, by opponents penalties. But anyways, you know, we had been running the ball well up the middle early in the game, both pace and Mafa. And then they started to get fancy with Mafa in, in the red zone Um instead of just sticking with what was working, and that's just pounding them up the middle. Um, you know, ultimately, you know, you had that great throw and catch to to Ngata for the first touchdown, which I mean for any Clemson fan, that should have been a sight for sore eyes, not only for DJ to place that ball perfectly for but for Ngata to actually go up and get it. So, you know, and retain
1: possession and get the foot down, like all the all the pieces were there on that catch. So awesome to see we got it. Uh, DJ's thrown four touchdown passes this year. So like that was 25% of them, right? We got to celebrate those and they're happening. It's insane. An insane stat at this point through five games, but that's where we're at.
0: And it's not all on him. And we'll we'll say this over and over again. It's, It's on all of them. I mean, he's included in that, but it's on, you know, every, every person, all the personnel on the offensive side of the ball that each position group is just not quite clicking outside of the running backs. I've been very happy. I mean, especially with the attrition of Shipley and Lynn J Dixon, I've been very happy with what I've seen at a pace and Moffa. Um, again, pace was running really well up the middle earlier. Uh, you mentioned his almost five and a half yards of rush. Maffa um, has been really good catching the ball out of the background. Um, so really liking what we're seeing out of him, but I totally agree. It'll be, I mean, any, any addition to the offense at this point, especially one that's technically an upgrade to the position group. Like we need.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I just wish there were going to be more guys coming back in the receiver stable. Um, you know, Braden Galloway was out in this game. I think Latson also did not play and EJ Williams. E. Williams is now he had surgery. So, I mean, well, who knows what, if he'll be back by South Carolina and if he's not like perhaps a bowl game, like it would be good to get him back. Uh, Cause he's a, he's a good weapon for the team, but um, yeah, like I think Shipley is going to be the guy that can infuse some new life into this offense through, you know, he was, he was great. He was the right spot of the offense before he got injured against NC state. Um, so I would love it if he is able to be a hundred percent going into the pit game, we'll have to see. Um, I think, you know, Pitt's defense is pretty solid. That is the strength of their, um, of their team. Although this year um, they're, like they're, they're 18th ranked in defense nationally. They're 40th ranked on offense. I don't think anyone was really expecting Pitt to be that potent on, on offense, even with Kenny Pickett coming back. So um, tough task coming up. I think we'll probably talk about Pitt a little bit more when we hit the defensive side of Clemson here. Um, But yeah, I think, you know, again, like small little signs of progress you touched on those earlier, Ben, you know, you would like to see each week Clemson add something back to the arsenal in terms of, what they're demonstrating proficiency with on offense. Um, Allen, I thought did have a good game, like way more utilized than he's really ever been in his career. He had some drops. He had, you know, I don't know that he gives you any kind of upfield awareness or kind of bias toward moving, moving North South versus the East West when he's involved in the screen game. Um, So they'll have to kind of work through some of that stuff on the, you know, in the preparation going to pit, but um, yeah, they've kind of added some wrinkles each week and you know, the, the biggest question mark here is how is it still that a team like this with this much talent, this much time to have gelled, um, how is it that they're still not really clicking on all, you know, on all the fundamentals and the basics of wide receiver blocking or, you know, basic timing and route running or focus and catching the ball. And, um, you're left scratching your head a little bit. I just, I think in the past shows we pointed and we just chalk it up to coaching. Um, you know, the coaching has not been up to snuff to be able to get the The team ready and prepared at this point of the season so it to me that's like the ultimate disappointment of the year you can talk about certain players not necessarily stepping up in in all the key moments and some decision making stuff with dj and all that but um again it i think it's about you know the guys where guys wearing the polos visors and whistles not getting these guys ready you know that ultimately you got a point to
0: well, and I've, I've made it a point to kind of key in more on what kills our drives the past three games. Um, you know, after Dabo and Tony had repeatedly said through the early games in the season that, you know, it's, it's one or two plays here or there, or it's one or two guys on any given play that's making a mistake, and that's what's been criti- critical. And, I mean, they're not wrong. It is the penalties come at such crucial times when they do come um that either kill drives or put us you know in a bad spot from the beginning of drives that we're just never able to recover drops you know while they were down this game i only counted two by ross one which he rolled his ankle so it's hard to to you know hold that against. it looked it, it looked bad in lot
1: when you watched it live but then meaning like that was an awful drop like open field if he had caught that in stride or been able to quickly turn like Probably would have scored, but, but he, he he rolled yeah, his ankle
0: right before totally. that. And I know he was able to come yeah. back and play, but like when you roll an ankle, like that initial pain is intense, mm-hmm. and yeah. that can quickly go away and you can walk it off and get back on it. But the the initial pain is intense, and it happened right before the ball hit his hand. So, um, I, give him some slack on that one. Um, and then the other drop was uh, the Davis Allen drop, but um, right. you know the the two Ross. were were kind of critical the wide receiver blocking um adju adju was forced into some playing time because of the the aforementioned um uh, losses of latson and ej williams and there was one play one screen to davis allen where he just he ran up to the wide receiver to block him and then just didn't touch him and turned and watched him tackle allen um ross had a holding in, in the fourth on a on a big allen catch and run so I mean, it's all the little things. And then if those aren't going on, then putting them lets somebody get by, right, and get the DJ or Tate misses a block on a, on a screen. Um, so,
1: well, it, it, And it's not like we're running that many plays, Ben. Like, it's not like this offense is prolific, and you know, up in the 80-90 play range, <laughs> largely by the factors well, you mentioned.
0: And we also don't have the ability like we did with Deshaun or even with Trevor to like convert, you know, first and 25s or third and 16s, you know? Whereas I remember with Deshaun, it felt like almost any time we were like third and 15, we're like, ah, we got it, you know? So because we can't do that, we don't have that capability on offense, then that makes those mistakes uh, so much more crucial and impactful on, you know, our abilities in offense.
1: Yeah, so I don't, I don't know that we've got the formula here other than just assignment football and, you know, ideally maintaining focus. I think it's going to be really challenging again on the road at Pittsburgh. Uh, man, let's hope we don't have some weird weather situation too. I guess October, that part of the country, you never know what's going to hit. But um, well, you know
0: what they say about the weather, Tully? It could be, a, it could be an equalizer. And with the Pitts high-flying offense and our incapable offense, it could actually work to our benefit. I know you wouldn't have assumed that, but that's the situation that we're in right now. Like, we're a Friday night type of football team. Um, (laughs) The weather's going to help us.
1: Yeah, it looks like 57 and cloudy on Saturday. So, And we got a 3.30 local game out there. Um, So, yeah, not going to be too inclement, looks like. Stuff can change.
0: But that's going to be a wild crowd. Like, Pitt's good this year. Like, it doesn't matter how bad Clemson is this year. Like we're, we're still, you know, a couple of years removed from going to a national championship. I mean, if Pitt, if Pitt handles their business, I mean, one loss
1: ACC champ, like they could be potentially in a, in a position to get into the playoffs. So,
0: so the yeah. question is, yeah, the question is, can this offense score with them? And not only that, but be able to put together sustained drives. So our defense isn't constantly cycling back onto the field and having to deal with their offense and getting worn down so I think what it all comes down to is keep doing well the things that you have been getting better at and we talked about the running up the middle now that needs to help with the play calling to to do that in the right times and again stop getting cute sometimes and just play football um uh but then the mistakes right the the crucial mental mistakes the penalties the drops cut those out and I think that was gonna make a huge difference for 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 the success of his offense, they're not going to be a thirty-point a game offense. But hell, we haven't scored twenty in regulation against an FBS team this year,
1: right? Yeah, I think it's Let's since start there. we haven't since we haven't seen it yet, Ben. I think this is a situation where you kind of do need to lean on that defense on the Clemson side early and keep this game close. I mean, maybe this Clemson team does what we always accuse other programs of doing, which is try to play ball control and try to limit the number of possessions in the game. Like, is that, is that where we're at right now with a team like Pitt on the other side? Um, there's only been two teams get above 21 points, Georgia tech and Tennessee uh, against that pit defense. And they've, I mean, they have not played a gauntlet of a schedule this far, but um, yeah, since we haven't seen Clemson necessarily do that, I think you probably are going to need to see a game in the low twenties or upper teens which we have seen, um, it's just going to be, you know, it's just too much to ask this defense to continue to do that. And this is probably going to be the best offense that we've faced so far, um, you know, across the board. So I would say, yeah, mistake-free football is a formula for success. And then just from a scheme standpoint, you know, I wouldn't call Clemson a power run team right now, but leaning on that part of the part of the team, you know, to, get this offense going and DJ in the running game, I would put him in in, as part of that. Although not necessarily go to the power QB run three, four times in a row, like we saw in the Syracuse game. Um, I think we're asking just for a little bit of variety here.
0: Yeah. Well, especially when you're trying to run down the clock in the fourth quarter and you only take two minutes off, give them back to Syracuse with five minutes left and thank God they ran out the clock on themselves. So they're plotting offense. Um, I mean,
1: that has happened now. I don't know, Ben, like you could, I, I, we know for sure it happened against Boston college. And then here with Syracuse Clemson's defense gets them off the field. uh, The defense gets off the field and then they just need the offense to run the clock out, maybe get one, possibly two first downs, three and outs. Both of those games might even have happened in that wild Georgia tech game as well. Um, You know, potentially C state too, where it's just a matter of, you know, run the clock out or you know handle handle our business and find those i mean they know it's they know that we're going to be running the ball right up the middle like can we not roll dj out and get you know a nice six yard completion i don't know you'd think we would need to do we would be able to do that if the game's on the line
0: or not have your guards pull and leave like the nose tackle <laughs> like with the unblocked unblocked yeah. with a straight shot at dj i mean that ugh. God, what well, there are a couple that one of those plays earlier in the game was ugly, like he didn't get anywhere. Um, I mean, he got tackled where he snapped the ball and was supposed to be a QB power up the middle. How does that happen? Go forward, offensive lineman, forward, hit people forward, move them off the ball. Um, yeah, yeah so and you know, the I just need to, I don't know, I don't
1: know much more to say about the offense here, Ben. Um, obviously, this is the part of the team we like to see improve the most that it has the most upside, the most ceiling, t- you know, to continue to find, but you hit, you said it earlier. It's not, it's just not all of a sudden going to click and then we're going to see 40 plus point a game showings. Yeah. Um, and I think a large part of that is just because of uh lack of experience and depth and talent on the offensive line and just so many other mistakes. Even if the players clean up the mistakes, I think you're still only going to be able to do so much with that O line up front, but um, sure it would be nice to try and see them put, you know, at least most of the game together of mistake-free football.
0: I mean, three touchdowns is our next goal. Three offensive touchdowns. Like that's, that's the next How about step one a quarter?
1: Need- is that too greedy? One uh, a quarter?
0: Yeah, that's too greedy right now. We need three, get into the 20s and go from there. Um, start scoring more. Like Tony Elliott said it best. We need to score more points. Totally agree. <laughs> totally <agree>. astute,
1: <laughs> very astute coach. Um,
0: but but yeah, it's it's not. We're not going to have a game, and it's all going to like come together. And here we are. And if 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 that game does lie on the schedule this season, it sure as hell better happen this weekend.
1: Well, and you know what's also remarkable here, Ben, is that you know you saw Tyson Pumachan come in for like a read option play in the first quarter the team has just not had leads at all this year to be able to get that kind of wrinkle play worked out, like at the Kings worked out. And I imagine it, the practices they're working on, nailing the basics and fundamentals and, um, you know, nailing down the day job and the main role that they're Clemson probably is not able to get too exotic with the play calling in the game. That, that UConn game can't get here soon enough you know, I'm hoping Clemson's going to be able to establish like a three, four touchdown lead in that game. We talked about it. Every other game on the schedule is pretty much losable other than that. So, um, you know, UConn coming up here in a little bit and it'll be nice to get that and then maybe start to flex some other, other talent on the team. But um, I, I don't bring that up to say, I want to see way more Tyson Pumichon in this offense. I just think, you know, being able to, maybe find more opportunities to work the middle of the field, that kind of thing. Maybe Tony Elliott will feel better about that. If he's got a little bit of a cushion and a, a bit of a lead, which we haven't yeah, seen so far.
0: The thing is with that puma play, like when he came in, the announcers were like, Oh, DJ split out wide. Look for some type of throwback or throw to this or that. Or that I'm like, nah, nah, they're going to run off tackle with puma And Sure enough. That's what they did. And they didn't get yeah. the first down. And everybody nope. clamoring for Pumachan to replace DJ. Did you see how quick he looked on that? He did not, did not look quick at all.
1: Yeah. I mean, he like miracle recovery, but he's not, uh, he's not the Tyson Pumachan that you saw slot in a little bit last year. And he's not up to a hundred percent mobility. So we almost shouldn't ask of that, ask him, you know, ask that of him. Um, and also just, Oh, DJ, you know, DJ's had a lot of struggles, all of that, like, Pumachan ceiling is nowhere near what DJ should be giving you. Like we've got to get it figured out with DJ and I don't, I don't really see a future of Chan starting for this team. So, you know, what with Cade, Cade Kluvnik coming in next year, it just really doesn't make sense. So I think it's, you know, yeah, you can use, it's good to keep Chan fresh, you know, on the off chance the DJ does go down, but um, yeah, that's, it's not the right thing to be calling for at this point, I
0: don't think. I mean, you know what they say, the the most popular guy on the team is the backup quarterback. So
1: Now that Hunter Renfro is gone, it's true. Yep. Um, all right, Ben, any more thoughts on the offense?
0: Nope, they're still not very good. But they're getting better slowly, slowly. I know it doesn't show on the scoreboard, but there's things within the game that they have improved upon. They just haven't put it together yet. And it's not saying they won't. If they keep making the small improve it, just saying don't expect all of a sudden for Clemson to start scoring into the 30s on offense. This season, our expectations need – our ceiling should be like 28, scraping the bottom of 30, you know, getting close almost. Maybe we'll have a game or two or UConn where we put up more than 30. But <clears throat> I think the ceiling is around four touchdowns. And we can win. We can win like that. We can beat Pitt if we score four touchdowns like we can. I think our defense is good enough to do that. And that means our offense is being competitive somewhat. Um, And it's not Pitt wearing down defense the whole time. Uh, But can we beat Pitt with like 20, 21? Uh, Uh, That's tough. That's kind of where the line is. Somewhere in there around 24, something like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, the potential opportunity is you know special teams help you out on scoreboard or you know potential turnovers, yeah, defensive score,
0: pick sixes,
1: right. Yeah, it's true. Um, And look, like Syracuse is not like their their advanced stat defensive ranks is in like the fifty range, uh, give or take. So they're not as abysmal as I think some of the teams we faced the last two three years. So I don't I don't know that I read too much panic about. Oh man, we can't even score twenty points on Syracuse, and look, fiftieth in the nation isn't a crazy good defense like you you still ought to be able to score more than that, but um, I'm at least saying it's an improved Syracuse d. They got up for this game, it was a home game. um you know, don't take I think it was a lot more about Clemson potentially shooting itself in the foot, but um yeah i don't I don't feel too bad about not doing that against Syracuse. I'm just glad we won, yeah. It helps. All right, Ben, let's flip it over to the defense. (laughs) Kind of impressive. Don't you think that Syracuse was able to draft or draft recruit one of the Schroep brothers to play quarterback then?
0: Oh, 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 office reference with the, uh, with the Amish folk, huh? I guess so. Uh, yeah, I
1: was, I was calling him Jebediah toward the end of the game. Um, impressive impressive game scrappy quarterback uh stats you know weren't crazy exceptional but the the dude stuck in there he took a lot of hits i mean we've kind of we've kind of seen a number of these scrapper type quarterbacks from the acc opponents this year that um you know don't necessarily have a crazy good statistical game but they really hang in there against clemson so i don't know what that says overall but um he
0: had an arm too you know I, i didn't necessarily expect him because you know he's their running quarterback um one incredibly accurate um he had some wide receivers drop some balls um but yeah a few good ones too that one to pena was his name uh mm-hmm. that led to or it was there uh or led to their second touchdown um at 62 yard bomb that was a hell of a throw um but at the end of the day like he was known as a running quarterback and they also have a really good running back in sean tucker um and so i expected clemson to come in to the game you know planning to to stop the run and it was kind of weird because they were porous up the middle early and then that kind of came back uh, towards the end of the game when they're a little tired now they did a great to, uh, job on schrader only seven rushes for for six yards obviously you take into account like Adjusted, yeah yeah adjusted for sack yards but he still did not run uh ha- have many big runs in this game uh his longest run was four yards um, on the other hand, Sean Tucker averaged 7.1 yards a carry. So I guess you picked your poison there and you were just going to kind of let him get his, uh, while you focus on Schrader to limit his rushing. And obviously him in the passing game, you know, he still put up almost 200 yards, but at the end of the day, the, the defense, they got it done and they had another big stand there at the end of the game.
1: Yeah. Which was huge. And you, you see, this team doing that without, again, the services of Landon Sanders at the safety position. We now, just Charleston didn't play the last two games. He now has entered the transfer portal. Um, I think based on Andrew Bakuba kind of moving into that spot, taking the starting role this season and uh, Nolan Turner coming back. I think Charleston was kind of the odd man out in terms of snap count here, um, which well, is a huge bummer. in well, terms ben- of
0: Venables being on the field so much, especially with the three man fronts.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that that was maybe the, the nail in the coffin for Joseph Charleston's time here. Um, And I think we've been vocally questioning kind of Tyler Venable's, you know, ability to stay on the field. Uh, But look, came up with a crucial pick here. I think he, he had a, um, yeah, big sack, like a couple of, uh, he had a penalty, which was ill-timed and Dabo's was was definitely coaching him up about that. But when you look back at it, I don't actually know that that was a penalty. Yeah. Yeah, It was ticky tack. Yeah.
0: I, I mean, it, it, I think he was in bounds. He was like still like two steps away from being out of bounds. Like he was well in bounds. Right. I
1: think Dabo's comment was probably more of like, you got to look at the optics of it and just, you know, there's ways to kind of get that guy out of bounds or end the play that doesn't put you right there to get that flag thrown. So, uh, but either way, I mean, I think Tyler Venables had, had probably one of his best games as a tiger here. Um, in this one. So that's good to see because safety has definitely been a, a tough position for this defense the last couple of seasons. Um, but yeah, in the running game, I, I think that's that's maybe where I, I guess you said, Ben, the team's picking its poison, like, you know, choosing to get, you know, to allow that to happen. Um, Sean Tucker is a great running back. Um, so we'll, we'll just have to see. Uh, Pitt, though, ran all over Virginia Tech this last week. So I think it's, my hope is maybe that was you know, more of a schematic choice than a new wrinkle of exposure of this defense. Um, now that we've got new defensive tackles rotating in, um, I, I don't know how much I, we saw a good amount of Ednos or Rubin in this game. De, Demonte Capehart is back on the team back practicing. Do you know, were you able to look at any snap counts from Capehart in this
0: game, Ben? Um, I, I don't think you got any tackles. I didn't, I didn't notice them in there. Um, uh, but, I mean, Rook, Edenusa, Trey Williams, they've all been playing really well, um, you know, for them. They're, they're, they're playing, they're maxing out their ability right now, and they're going to continue to develop into next year. I think Rook moved right in there when Tyler Davis went down, and we didn't see much of a drop-off, if any, with him and per se. Um, now, fortunately, we'll be getting Tyler Davis back, hopefully in a couple weeks, so he'll come back into the mix um, but yeah, I've been really excited what I keep seeing out of Trey Williams. Uh, the future is, is looking good for our defensive tackles next year, and the fact that all these guys are getting playing time in crucial moments, it's only going to make them better heading into next season. Now, I'm less worried about that in their running game in particular um, with, with our defensive tackles. The thing that would concern me the most is if we, de- we didn't have guys like uh, Andrew Booth and Fred Davis coming back, because they're going to test us passing the ball. And teams have had some success against us downfield, and especially you know Sheridan Jones has been picked on. They've um, gotten by some safety. So I think to have you know your, your lockdown corner out there, and then Fred Davis, who, I guess, is like one A and 1B with him and Mario Goodrich, who defended well in this game, by the way. Um, that's where you need those guys and I think that those guys are key on the defensive side of the ball because then maybe that takes some pressure um, there are, that allows you to put another guy in the box um, to to get some pressure on picket or help control the run game.
1: Yeah I think it was a pick game last year Ben, where Malcolm Green and Trenton Simpson both had breakout games and you know I, I saw Malcolm Green out there in this one he only had one tackle, but um, if, either of davis or booth aren't able to go you know the sheridan jones um he just he does seem to be maybe a step slow this year compared to you know the guys he's he's spelled um in there so i don't know if malcolm green would necessarily be up to start or i mean he he kind of plays a number of different roles on the defense um but that's something where you really would love to get either of davis or booth back are basically five-star corner recruits over the last couple years um Back in there maybe it was the case where all right let's rest them against syracuse that pick game really is going to be the big challenge um that's my hope at least from the coaching staff a little bit a b- little bit of gamesmanship um but uh yeah that that i agree with you that that is potentially something uh, somewhat of a weak point for this team if we are still having depth issues
0: yeah and again that'll that, that'll help defend against their run game i don't know i didn't watch their game against virginia tech um but I'm still, you know, very positive about this defense. I think the defensive linemen who have filled in at the tackle position have been more than serviceable. And as long as our back end holds up, that we can limit this this offense. Now, the question is, what is that number we need to limit them to? Um, and if you look at our scores right now, you would say 16, <laughs> probably. Right. Yeah. And good luck with that.
1: Yeah. Clemson's uh, offense is not great as we just talked about. So um, I I do think then this is a case where like how much more uh, knock on wood and whatever, but like, I don't know that this defense can suffer another game where the, the opposing offense is getting up into the 80, 90 play count and time of possession slanting in their direction too. You know, you are going to start to see, additional injuries to guys that we don't have good depth to back up. So, um, that is where hopefully we're getting our best athletes on the field in the form of Malcolm green, a little bit more, you know, get your best talent in there uh, where possible. And I, I don't know, like maybe there is some factor of, of risk-taking on defense to, you know, try and go, you know, it's, it's not like you can coach in and just prioritize turnovers and that kind of thing, but, um, maybe that's where kind of the, the blitzes get more aggressive, you know, to try to create havoc plays and tackles for loss to try to set up, you know, get it into more down and distance plays. Um, you know, instead of trying to just manage the game and keep, keep the game in front of you, I don't know. It's, it's, it's going to be a tall order. Um, definitely we've got the right, the right tactician there in Brent Venables to figure that stuff out and make in-game adjustments if needed. Um, and you know, Pitt's beaten Clemson before, and I think Brent Venables, you know, we've never gotten beaten by the shovel pass after that. So um, be interesting to see what he has dialed up here.
0: Yeah, I'm confident the Venables will come in with a good game plan. I mean, he does more, of- more often than not, right? Um, it-, it really comes down to how much can this offense help this defense out? And in two ways is by putting up points is one or is by putting up points. The second way is by keeping the pit offense off the field by sustaining some drives. But defense alone, I don't think can win this game. Maybe yeah, it per se there. and Davis are fully healthy, perhaps, but I'm still not seeing it. it at some point, like we've been skating along here. We're lucky to only have two losses uh, with the way this offense has been performing, but that could go downhill, you know, rather quickly as we start to play a little bit better competition.
1: yeah, and it's it's at this point sort of a razor thin margin or possibility, you know, to have an angle toward winning the Atlantic zero margin of error in terms of uh, suffering another loss on the Clemson side. Um, my hope was that NC state was going to stumble up in Chestnut Hill with Boston college and they blew them out, like started off somewhat of an even game in the, in the first quarter there. And it it went the other way. So, um, you know, regardless of an AC Atlantic or ACC championship berth. um, for this team, I think you do just want to see improvement and being able to handle teams that, you know, you're more talented than, which does include pit. Yeah. They're having a good year. Yeah. They potentially have a more potent offense than we do at this point of this year. But um, it, again, like you do want to just continue to see that improvement because a lot of these guys are also going to come back next year. And this is, you know, important. You, You just want the team to, you know, not, not kind of, not kind of quit on the season and not kind of give up. And I don't think you've really seen any of that thus far, which, you know, testament to coaching, keeping that, keeping that focus. Um, I don't think I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised by that. I'm just, I'm pointing it out because it is something you want to applaud. Um, but we'll see, you know, if, if the window does completely close on having a shot at the ACC, you know, let's, let's continue to see how that looks, but um, can't say enough good about the defense and what we've seen so far little bit, you know, hard to come to grips with what would this look like if the offense was even average middle of the country in terms of overall stats? You know, what could this look like um, with this kind of a defense? But, you know, we don't have that. It's it's not really worth whining about too much. I think it's just um, celebrate the guys that are suiting up as Tigers for the last time in the form of Skalski, Spectre. Um, I don't know how many other guys are going to go to the league after this year you know, from the, from the defense, Nolan Turner, this is definitely his last hurrah. Right. So um it's, it, we're not quite at the point where it's just like, watch those guys and enjoy it. I think it's just, um, you know, appreciate what we're, what we're seeing at this stage of the season.
0: Appreciate that we have a defense.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, how much worse could it, it could be way worse. We'd right? be one in five. Truly like, any slightly worse defense we're talking one and five or two and three easily
0: on the other hand if our offense scores like you know one more touchdown a game we're six and out oh, so it's still not it's very true. good oh no, exactly it's still not a national title <laughs> contender
1: um yeah uh i guess like um ben the, the play of the game was probably that fake punt with with spires would you agree I mean, it was the most no, 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 no. What are we doing? What
0: are we doing after the timeout? And then, oh my God, yes. <laughs> like so yeah. When they and, and that was the beauty of it is to try to get them to jump off sides, call the timeout, or I think we get did we to delay a game or we no, we must call it timeout. Um yeah. And you know, when they came back on the field to punt, I did have like a brief thought of like. What if they fake this? And then I mean, it was like they're not going to fake this. And then lo and behold, they faked it. And what a throw! Even a pump fake by Spears, by Spears, and and even better catch by Davis Allen. Like I mean, it reminded Alabama me of the football. Chase
1: Bryce play against Syracuse, like back in 2018. Like, yeah. it was that that almost that much of a, a tight throw and not the, the throw itself was not a tight spiral. Let's say that, but uh, it was, I don't know, just a little bit delayed or whatever would not have connected interception. And I mean, that was it was awesome. like
0: the third best throw of the game. You got right. DJ to God in the end zone. DJ to Ross at the one yard line there. Then will Spires to Davis Allen on a fake punt.
1: Did you think Ross was in on that catch by the way? Like, I don't know if he had the ball across the plane, but they didn't even show a sideline angle of that. Yeah,
0: I didn't see the angle. I mean, I can see how you would have thought that because the defender that was knocking him out of the end zone was himself standing in the end zone. Um, but it didn't matter, right? We swore the next play, so. Right, um, that's true. But, but, you know, Ross had a couple drops again, but he made some great catches in this game too. And that was one of them. Yeah, BT Potter, well, once again,
1: one for one, 40-yarder, uh, pretty consistent. Would have loved to see them get into his range a little bit more, especially in a dome. I feel like that would have added to his range a little bit, uh, or at least given him some more experience kicking in that environment. So, um, you know, more good from him. How, how about Will Brown, though, as the punt returner? Um, I, was,
0: I was so hoping you were going to give him his 15 minutes of fame here on the podcast. He probably never thought when he, when he came on, he probably walked on, right, to this Clemson football team that he'd end up on this show. Star is shining bright. No, there was a – Congrats, Will. <laughs> no, he I mean, does, like, it, on the one hand, it's like, damn, like we're down to Will Brown. And then on the other hand, you're like, well, thank God the guy's there and worked so hard in practice to, to earn that spot because we need somebody back there catching the ball. Now, there were some definitely some scary moments. On the very first punt of the game, um, there was that like six six Syracuse guy. He was like a foot taller than Will talking uh, trash to him to try to intimidate him. And then he had that one diving fair catch. Um, he had the muff that he fortunately got back on top of. And then yep. the play of them all. Whereas the one where he got, he got turned on, on his head. He almost like (laughs) balanced straight up. Right. It was, it was like a (laughs) breakdancing move. It was incredible. Stuck there for a second. That was amazing. Uh, Yeah. You got it. You got, it's the little things people, you know, when you're having a season like this, just laugh at what you can find joy in what you can. Um, Will Brown did it for me in this game.
1: Man, long season, Ben. (laughs) Um. Well, look, going up to Syracuse, hostile environment. You know, they it seemed it was actually quite an empty stadium. Um, I would have expected to see that thing a little bit more packed. But those that were there got loud. It was a rowdy environment. Um, so good to escape with the win. Dino Babers, you know, I, he they clearly have improved on defense. I think they're probably going to need to get above 500 or potentially get to like seven wins for him to keep his job there is is what I'm thinking. But um, I don't know, like they're not going to be one that will ever contend for an Atlantic title under Babers, but your Syracuse football. Like, what do you really expect? So I think just from like a standard, uh, a standards of their program and an expectation standpoint, like, you know, he's, he's gotten some interesting quarterbacks there and, here and there, they've you know they've they've had some good games and upset some teams and that kind of thing. So um, I still am a little bit. I don't think they're a very good fit for the ACC, um, especially being you know f- more of a football fan than a basketball fan. So I, I don't know. Just you know, glad to get out of there. Glad to put this one behind us. Um, I think Pitt is a little bit more of a football oriented opponent, and we don't play them as often. I would love to have been able to go to Pittsburgh for this game cause it's a, it's a pretty fun town. Um, but yeah, uh, I know you went up to Syracuse. Was it last year, Ben, or was it two years ago?
0: Well, wasn't two, last year.
1: Yeah. I guess it was two. Um, was, yeah. That how, be. how, how was
0: that dome? Was it like forgettable game experience? So apparently, well, here's the irony in all of it. Um, you know, before it was called the carrier dome, which is an HVAC company, uh, right. heating, <laughs> ventilation, and cooling. Um, uh, and they didn't have an air conditioner. Um, so that was weird. And now they have an air conditioner, but carrier lost the rights. So it's just a mind, you know. But it was, it was kind of dank and sweaty. It smelled like gym socks when I was there the whole place was just kind of sticky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but uh, Clemson won.
1: So yeah, I remember that was a big Amari Rogers game um, if memory serves back then. Um, all right. Well, uh, good to get this win. A lot of other action happening across college football. You know, I think this, you know, with Clemson getting their game out of the way Friday, um, I did manage to watch a decent amount of college football Saturday, P- pretty fun games across the board. Not shocking to see a team like Purdue, which they're not the most athletic and fast team that you think of, um, but turns out a lot more athleticism than Iowa. Completely smoked the number two team in the country at home. Uh, that was bound to happen. You know, Iowa was eventually going to face off with, at the very least, like an Ohio State. Um, you know, in, in Indianapolis. Um, so Iowa's out of the picture. I suspect they might lose one or two more games this year. So we'll have to see. Um, Georgia completely handled Kentucky. So Georgia just continues to be clearly the far and away number one team in the country. I look forward to seeing how they manage to screw it up. Uh, they may not, but here's hoping. Um, but I don't know, Ben, like, I think the, the news about Ed Orgeron that came out on Sunday was, and, you know, kind of played out over the weekend, um, was definitely the biggest headline, you know, that I'm taking away, um, but how about you? Like any other big college football action this weekend that caught your eye?
0: Well, I mean, yeah, that, that Georgia-Kentucky game. Um, yeah, Georgia's definitely the real, real deal. And, you know, as a Clemson fan, that hurts. Um, I assume they're going to lose to Alabama um, in the SEC championship. Um, or, that, or maybe what would be even better is if Bama runs the table from here on out, so does Georgia. They meet in the SEC championship. Georgia wins that game. Bama gets into the playoff anyways because everybody else sucks. And then Bama beats them in the playoff to end their title hopes. I mean, if Bama wins, who cares? I mean, like, whatever. We're I still, want, so used to I that want, at this point. And then this I want Ole Miss up. to
1: run the table. Yeah. I want Ole Miss to beat Georgia um, in the SEC title game. <laughs> that would be the funniest outcome. <laughs>
0: Sure, A- anything to to watch Georgia lose. I'd rather Alabama win than A- than Georgia win. Um, yeah, anybody else really? So, um, especially this season. Um, Iowa, my surprise, they lost. Uh, yeah, probably to Purdue, but it's this football season, so these guys are going to keep losing. Now, Cincinnati is the one that keeps beating people like they're supposed to. I've been clamoring for them for years to, to get a shot at it. And it looks like this year they got their shot. I mean, they got one ranked team left on their schedule against SMU at home. Um, but not much else, assuming they'll play a conference championship game. Um, I think they just have to do what they've been doing, which is win
1: with style points against the teams that you're better than. And they got their marquee win against Notre Dame, you know, which is a big brand name. Timberay, uh, I didn't really care for his tweet today that only called out the fact that Cincinnati's going to have two FBS wins. It's like that's just Notre Dame butt hurt. Power classic. five wins, yeah, power five wins. Like it, it, that is not a distinction that really matters. Like how many how many impressive power five wins is you know the winner of the Pac twelve going to have? Like I mean,
0: shit, we might only have two power five. wins. <laughs>
1: Right, exactly. I and you just gotta. You have to realize that there are teams in the American that Cincinnati's beating that are better teams than half the ACC and half the Big Ten and half the Pac twelve. Like I don't know. Like, are we still kind of trying to cut the cut the country in half in terms of power well, five this, versus group of five? This it's has
0: to be the year. You give them their shot. Like if they go undefeated, like this has to be the year with everybody else going down. Like you have to put them in there and give them a shot to get their ass kicked by Alabama or Georgia. Sure. And
1: that's okay. If they do like, I just, well, and the reason I think they will get in Ben and why they've, they actually have seen the AP poll ranking rise is the fact that they're big 12 bound. Like they, and I, I assume they're going to be able to go next year. Like they already have a lot of badging and stuff all around campus. So like, they're they essentially are almost a power five team already and they will be very soon so it's not like you're completely opening pandora's box by letting a cincinnati in because you could be like oh cincinnati they're a really good program you know they're essentially power five now so um i think it it was a school that was not going to make it to the big 12 that was dominant this year there might they might not be moving up as much
0: well, and remember the AP poll means nothing to the college football playoff selection committee. So it'll be interesting to see their take. I mean, they're the ones that weigh all these things, their schedule and whatnot injuries uh, with other teams. So um, yeah, that should be coming out in a couple weeks. Yeah. I think it's right around Halloween usually um,
1: that you get the first one and goes from there. Uh, the team I wanted to talk about though, Ben, that, has kind of turned to 180 in my mind is Oklahoma uh, with Caleb Williams, true freshman quarterback. He came in in the Texas game when Spencer Rattler was pretty ineffective and took over that game. Uh, they blew out TCU. Uh, he had a pretty impressive day overall um, in that game, too. And they just look like a completely different team. I mean, OU might actually be the second best team in the country this year. And that that actually would be an interesting clash of styles to have them go up against Georgia. Like I'm down for that as a playoff rematch from the Rose bowl from a few years ago. Um, Maybe throw Cincy in the mix. And uh, I don't, I don't know if you are going to see like an Ohio state or a Bama. Like I just, there's still, there's still a path Cincinnati getting screwed here. Um, You hope if they're able to go undefeated, that they would be able to get one of those four slots. Um, But yeah, if, if Oklahoma looks legit and Georgia's definitely legit, Hopefully, you know, a two loss Bama, like I don't know that you put a two loss Bama in over like one loss to Oregon, Ohio State or, you know, Oregon with a pretty crappy Stanford loss. But if they were on the table, I think two loss Bama would be left out um, if you if you have a lot of those undefeated or one loss conference champions. There's
0: not going to be those. I mean, just judging by things, how, how they have played out this year. And let's look at Oklahoma. Who have they really beaten? A number twenty-one Texas team who really isn't all that good and and was leading a lot of that game.
1: Yeah, I think what I'm going on and again it's just eye test. Like they, their only their only test is going to be bedlam. I mean, I guess Baylor is necessarily good. so
0: they end the season at Baylor at home versus Iowa State, who I know is not as good as people thought they would, you know, they would be this year, but they still got Brock Purdy. They still got, you know, everybody that had them so excited and they're an experienced team, right? They've won big games before. Um, And follow that up. Yeah. With Bedlam at Oklahoma state. Um, And they'll get a rematch
1: probably with Oklahoma state the week after that.
0: Exactly. So that's their last four games of the season, three against rake teams. And then I would throw an Iowa state at home. Um, And it's only one of those four games being at home, one being a neutral site, like, Oklahoma is going to lose one of those games at least.
1: Yeah. I'm just, I'm going on eye test since Caleb Williams has come in and rejuvenated and that offense was not looking like a Lincoln Riley offense up until he, he took over and now they do. And they were winning games of their defense before. So um, anyway, Sounds I'm not funny. here. Sta- I'm not here standing Oklahoma at all. I, I don't particularly care for them, but uh, yeah. Like I think, there's a chance that that breaks right. And they're the second best team in the country. That's one to watch.
0: Okay. So we want Cincinnati in and we want Georgia to face um, somehow. The,
1: Georgia's not missing the playoffs unless they lose two games in the regular season.
0: Maybe they lose to um, Cincinnati in the opening round. That would be great too.
1: They could do that. They easily could Cincinnati play them. Basically beat them other than, you know, an untimely turnover in the peach bowl this year, in the Chick-fil-A bowl. So add that to Cincinnati's resume here, like a close loss to Georgia, which is basically the same Georgia team that we're seeing here.
0: So who are we pulling for Cincinnati? I hear not Georgia, not Oklahoma. We don't want them to win Ohio state. Of course not Michigan. Oh God. No, no. Yeah. The I, Football world I, doesn't want to know what's going to happen. This is why Ben
1: like Ole Miss get on the Ole Miss train, like lane, the amount of comedy that happens if Lane Kiffin, takes it home is just insane.
0: Why can't we just – I'm rooting for Oklahoma State. You know why? (laughs) Because they're staying in the Big 12, and they're getting screwed. Yeah, that'd be good for cosmic
1: justice, I feel like. so. Especially if they and
0: Cincinnati end up in the playoff. Two future Big 12 teams moving forward. Yeah, that could be good. Texas ends Um, the season unranked. Oklahoma ends up out of the top 10. That would be nice.
1: That'd be cool. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know that it's like who, who do you as Clemson fans want in this thing? I mean, what about Wake Forest? (laughs) Like, I I don't want another ACC team to rise up and and really make it, but, um, I don't really see Wake as a long-term threat to us. I think it would just be really funny if they made it. I mean, it'd be good for Dave Clawson, right? He earned it. Yeah. That's the thing. And he would also get, Probably immediately hired someplace else if that goes down. So, um, addition by subtraction, basically.
0: I mean, they're six and zero right now and still ranked only sixteen. Like they're behind an unranked Coastal Carolina. Um, oh yeah, they got a lot of room to go. Yeah, lot, uh, there's no, and it's not like a Clemson win's going to help you this year.
1: I think if they beat NC State and they beat Clemson, they're going to move into the top. They're going to be in striking distance to where more chaos. Oregon loses again. Like if, if big 10 and pack 12 champs have two losses, then you could see an undefeated wake definitely moving into the top four. I'm feeling like or pit nope. man. Who to knows? Ball. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Ben, I guess like while we're on the topic, um, just in terms of like who you want to win a natty, I think it's, you got to pick a team or a program that is not going to be a direct threat to Clemson's reemergence or to our, you know, that, that really is going to have a lot of recruiting battle overlap with us. Um, and that, you know, I was kind of thinking about this and Orgeron, you know, essentially losing his grip on the LSU job, Ben, there's only four active coaches with a national title. Can you name all four now that Orgeron is out? Well, he's still
0: coaching, but um, uh, okay. But- Take him out starting next year. Okay, let's see. Um, hmm, Nick Saban, maybe? Yeah, that's one. Uh, Dabo Sweeney. Uh, so, four active. So Jim Trestle, Trestle, is is he coaching Youngstown State or is the AD there? Uh, let's say
1: coaching an FBS program, like okay, a Power 5 gotcha. or a G5. Well, oh, Mac Brown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Jimbo Fisher. Yeah, you got it. Mac was the one that I, uh, that I missed, or I I didn't, didn't think of right away. Um, But yeah, look at that list. Like, I I don't think we're worried too much about old Mac Brown. Um, So it's really those, those other three. And like, you don't want to see Ryan Day or Kirby Smart or even Lincoln Riley, like add, add to that list and like create another problem or headache for Clemson. And look, it's not like if you get a natty, you all of a sudden get like 25% better recruits or whatever, but there just is that there is that mystique that goes that's, into that.
0: That's why it's it's Nick Saban and Bama or Bust. It's like who cares? Like they're gonna get the guys that they get. But you want Kirby Smart with the with the with the championship ring,
1: you know? I do not. No, couple exactly. hours
0: away from Clemson. No, you don't. Also, but, speaking of Mac Brown, did you see the end of the game with them in Miami and him and Manny Diaz, uh, the handshake, the very cold, awkward handshake?
1: I did see that. Um, Manny used to work for Mac. Oh, he fired him. Yeah,
0: he fired him during the middle of the season. And like North Carolina players were just like dropping like flies at the end of the game. That it was pretty apparent that they were just trying to delay things and slow the offense down. So Manny wasn't very happy. Yeah.
1: Well, Manny's going to be looking for a job soon. I think he's got bigger, bigger issues. Mac Brown probably told him he had a. Oh, he's, he's got, got a spot strong. for him. <laughs> Not even an analyst position. You could be a position coach. Yeah. Come on up. <laughs> um, you hate to see it. Well, uh, Ben, Saturday, Pitt, all eyes on that game. Um, Going to be a test for Clemson. Probably the third biggest test after NC State and Georgia for this year. Um, NC State, I guess, maybe keeping it on them for a moment. It's... I think they're probably winning the Atlantic here, you know, unless it's wake, it's going to be probably one of those two teams. It would really had to break Clemson's way with um, those, you know, those two beating up on, I guess you want wake to beat NC state and we beat wake. And then NC state falls to somebody like North Carolina down the, down the stretch. But I don't think you can trust North Carolina to do much of anything at this point.
0: I could, I could see Miami pulling one out in, in at Miami. Like a last, yeah, like a last stand for Manny kind of thing. That
1: could be. Yeah, crazier stuff's happened. I mean, it, at the end of the day, it's Dave Doran, right? Like, exactly. Uh, so BC may have been just completely gutted after that Clemson loss. Um, I guess it was it was uh, the, the week prior to, you know, two weeks earlier. But um, I don't know. I don't really know what to expect in the ACC. It, I think it's really just let's see Clemson improve week over week um, somehow on offense and continue to hold the line on defense. And that's our season. If
0: If we win the rest of our games in the ACC, then I think we're in the ACC championship game. I think NC state will figure out how to lose too. I think the least likely thing that happens is that Clemson wins the rest of their ACC games. Right. And we'll probably have an answer to that. Um Well, we will have an answer to that, but I think the answer is going to be no. We're not after this Saturday, unfortunately.
1: Ben, I had a I had a very uh very terrible thought. Would you rather win the ACC Atlantic and lose to South Carolina, or beat South Carolina and not
0: not win the ACC at all? I mean, is it? To beat South Carolina, man. If, 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 if losing, if not making, if making, if it's going to keep us out of the playoff, then you got to go to the ACC championship game, right? For sure. You know, if, but, but that wouldn't happen if we lose to South Carolina, even if we win that game. So the logic tells me that we should just beat South Carolina. So we don't have to listen to those dirt peckers tell us how much better they are for a year when they're not. They just got lucky probably against a team that wasn't very good on offense. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's the right play. I don't live near Wake Forest fans, or I don't know Wake Forest fans, or Wake Forest fans don't talk crap. So why do I care? I I I want what's best for the team tully and i think what's best for the team is for them to beat south carolina <laughs> as far as the fans are concerned yeah at
1: winning the acc overall um that i would call that the more important streak than beating south carolina but it's okay to it's okay to be partial and subjective here and and biased so i think i'm going with the in-state you got to win the in-state championship
0: I mean that's the bigger recruiting battle than Wake Forest or NC State. Whatever, beat both of them. You know why do exactly. I why, why do I have to make a decision?
1: <laughs> Just a thought exercise. See what see where you're, see what you're, what you prioritize. Well, that exercise sucks. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, good show. Good recap. Always good to get that W. I think I said we were three and two earlier. Four and two, way better. Two games above five hundred. Um, I said
0: heating, put- ventilation, and cooling. When it's heating, ventilation, and air conditioning, so screwed up my own joke. And you're in the like construction industry. I'm like... an architect. <laughs> That's right. It's okay. How, wow. how like how many years have I been walking around job sites just saying that HVAC subs, and them just looking at me like Look at this idiot? <laughs> this house is gonna. Fall I don't think down. you probably spell it out all the words when you normally
1: say it on well, these sites. Well, not now.
0: Not yeah. Sure as hell ain't now.
1: Mhm. Um, all right, so that's our show. Uh, we're actually going to get a surprise—not a surprise, but a, a bonus episode this week. Longtime friend of the show, Quacking Tiger, is going to come on to talk a little bit about the state of the program, where we're at this season. A little bit of recruiting look ahead. Frankly, Ben, we should be talking about that way more. The future is bright. The present is not as bright, so maybe we should just you know face forward. I'm looking forward to getting some of the quack, Quacking Tiger nuggets and just getting his his take on why we are where we are and what he sees for the rest of the season too so uh stay tuned for that that's going to be released later on in the week everybody really appreciate everyone sticking with us um trying to enjoy this season you know we're pretty much at the halfway point at this at this time there will be a bowl game in our future i'm convinced we can win two more games even one more game probably get bowl eligible um probably not going to be the type of bowl that we had all thought about coming into August, but that's okay. You know, let's, who knows, we might even play Alabama in the Mayo bowl. I mean, again, it could be worse. You could be South Carolina. So I don't think they're making a bowl. Uh, they needed crazy, crazy luck to get, uh, get past Vandy this past week. Um, that might be their last win. So we'll see. Uh, But anyway, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Looking forward to this pit game, gutting out another win, and moving on with the season. So uh, thanks, and as always, go Tigers.